I saw Eternals this week. I also <laughs> saw Eternals. I saw it. Oh, on, you did? Yeah, I How watched it you... Friday. How'd, did how'd you, you like Marvel's it? most diverse movie to date with the the woman of color who was directing? And then there was the gay kiss and Marvel's first ever sex scene and Disney's first ever confirmed gay couple. Holy shit. Again? And and the, the deaf character. And a deaf character yeah, because yeah. they were too scared to make Hawkeye deaf. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, rewind that. Ignore that part. So, <laughs> I liked parts of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duff character, I really loved. I thought I she, loved her. she was great. Um, she kicked ass. Overall, I really wanted to like this movie because it is very diverse and I want to support diversity in media and all that stuff. So, I'm glad I went and saw it and put like mm-hmm. my money towards it. However... <laughs> It was not very well done. Mm. Um, um with, yeah, no. I'd love to throw some stuff out there without spoiling the actual movie. Um, the entire first half of the movie is really clunky. Very. Um Ain't that just the way pain, with Marvel movies though? Painfully no, this is no, a different not this level. Bad. <laughs> because like obviously mm. the Eternals, they're immortal. So oh. it keeps jumping from like present day it's not to, like some random time in the past to show like a quick five second oh. like romance subplot that's uh, very that easy to do they want you to care poorly. about but yeah. obviously you don't care about it because it's edited really poorly and right. very like you don't know these characters and they haven't really you haven't like attached yourself to them yet um it's very bad yeah um they also start off with one of like I it's it's not like a terrible text crawl and text crawls are are necessary sometimes but it still started off with a text crawl yeah, which is a problem. Um, yeah. I've got a few things I'd like to throw out there that happened that are going to sound like I'm making them up when I say it. Oh boy. Um, we have uh, Hiroshima brought up in a Marvel movie Ooh. in what is supposed to be a serious scene. Um, we have the no, Jeff. This doesn't mean Nina thinks we should joke about it. Like, no. sit with this here. <laughs> we have a three thousand. No, no, no. I'm just. A... It's not a thing you should reference in fiction if oh, you're no. not being like, especially in your goofy ass. Uh, I don't know. Like, reverential aliens. isn't the right word, but like you gotta you gotta approach that shit carefully. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. right. Ugh. It's not something that you can just toss out there. But they're like, yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> Uh, there's that, there's the 3,000-year-old woman in a child's body trope, which is everyone's favorite. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't realize Marvel was making shitty anime suddenly. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple moments where characters basically look directly at the camera and tell you something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Like, I am very loyal to you, or <laughs> you are in love with this person. <laughs> And I'm just like, great, because the way that these characters are acting would not have told me that. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Did we mention the two and a half hour runtime yet? Yeah. Because that's a really long, long movie. It's a long <laughs> movie. I'm sorry, um, Jeff. I, I didn't mean to make you choke on your beverage. <laughs> I liked uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character, but his introduction like- was terrible. It was like so the Bollywood bad. dance scene, like everything oh, no. I've seen online from people who are Indian are like, that seemed like somebody was making fun of us. And it, it was not well done. 
and not wow. in like a like a you know um, when Indian people will talk about Bollywood. It it felt like an outsider talking about it and making yeah. fun of it. Yikes. Yeah, it was just bad. Uh, the PTSD thing was handled iffily. I liked Angelina Jolie's Ooh. character. But what? I, wait, but hold on, hold on. Wait a great second. Great track record with PTSD and Fat Thor. <laughs> now, what do you mean they handled it poorly? <laughs> You're was this Iron movie Man three as well? Was this movie entirely oh, just composed of things okay. that are way too easy to do wrong? Yes, and then yeah. just doing them all and they did, as wrong like, as they two could. Two of them, no, they did two of them right. They did they did the gay character pretty well. Okay, I I think that um it was it was not bad uh that's for sure uh i think he was a fully fleshed out character i, like I think his character. relationship yeah yeah he was good uh and they did the yeah. deaf character well um mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't do anything with her that i think and i i'm not obviously a part of the deaf community but um from what i've seen online um people are pretty pretty happy with it as well um yeah. But uh, they also did a lot of things that are easy to do wrong very, very, very badly. Okay. Um, anyway, they yeah, no, not good. I think this should have either been two movies in which the first movie is them going through history and you kind of create like different pieces of drama and stuff and you add more subtext to that so that once you get to this like the modern day kind of eternals you actually do care about these characters a little bit more and they've been introduced or they should not have because they'll cut back to like the past in segments that can range anywhere from three to 15 minutes um and then as like these flashback memory sequences and then they'll kind of like come back to the modern day and it's been 15 minutes and you're like, <laughs> that was really jarring and that that was a very long flashback. Oh, so um, it's like reading, um, and it, it it's like reading out of the darkness. scene. They should have just had those flashbacks be like little, either not have them at all and just have them be referenced in subtext or mm-hmm. had them be literally just quick, like flashbacks where you get, kind of like a few snippets, maybe little bits of dialogue. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. then that's it. Because none of them deliver enough information that you really need the entirety of like a scene. So what I'm hearing is we need to bring back the early 2000s style of opening scene from superhero and many other movies where it's just like zooming in on like weird edits of newspapers where they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. this happened. And then you show like a motion, like a slow-mo well, photo still, of someone also going, do oh, that. No. They also oh. do that is the thing. Cause oh. like the whole, like there's, there's like, I was 90% joking. Because for all the backstory, the backstory and the flashbacks that they do, there is still large swaths of information that we are told point blank. Um, we're told a lot about like people's past relationships uh, where like one character is like, you know, we were friends once and I thought <laughs> we'd stay friends. And then you <laughs> left me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, enough about a bad movie. Let's yeah. talk about a decent movie. Yeah. Let's talk about um, a piece of media that has absolutely no diversity, but every subject that it approached did perfectly. I'm talking the dream that I had treat. last night. <laughs> in which a friend of mine had an abnormally large pet snail that bit not me repeatedly snail. and I could not get it to stop. 
So this is just a TikTok trend about the snail that you're immortal, um, but you are only immortal until a snail hunts you down and kills you. Have you guys that's heard a of reddit that? thread from, from like eight forever. years ago that yeah is, i'm yeah. so Either angry Tumblr that it's reddit, popular it's on one tiktok of them, suddenly but it's yeah, yeah yeah it was briefly for like a week Uh, welcome to the Casual Obsession Horror Podcast, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. What? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I thought we, we were yeah. talking about Eternals. Jeez, I... We're not a Marvel movie podcast, believe it or not. <laughs> that that that's, is our, that's our other podcast. podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> Less than Casual Obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, is um, that like is that like reforming a band minus like the one person you don't like? Yeah. So it's just you and Emma going off to talk about Marvel movies yeah. while Jeff and I sit here and we're like, Jason's yeah. I was about to cool. say for me that would that would be like the the casual apathy podcast because I just don't give a shit about Marvel. Yeah. So you're point. not invited. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be part of that. Every now and then Jeff, <laughs> Jeff just chimes in and says, "I haven't watched a Marvel movie since Ant Man." Uh, it was. Did you watch um, Ant Man? I've seen Ant Man like a bunch of times. Okay. Uh, the last Why? one that I watched was um, uh, what's it? Uh, Endgame. Okay. okay, that's yeah. fair. That was gonna. Uh, I've said this before, but that was gonna be the last one I watched uh, until I started working with my coworkers and they started inviting me to go see these other movies. Ah. Um, and yeah, human interaction is hard to come by these days, so I make sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is me and Nina are announcing that we're starting a new podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Congratulations, Emma and Nina. Uh, please do not look into this. We will not be doing it. Um, this week, though, we are talking I'm about... Noah. I'm I'm oh, Emma. Yeah. I'm Nina. <laughs> And that's Jeff. 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 <laughs> Jeff. Jeff's fucking dead. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't catch that we were doing the the introduction segment. I thought we were going to start talking I about sk- the movie. I was going to skip it. I, I oh. was. I was just steamrolling. I put all this work into like writing out my synopsis, and I'm just really excited to read it to you all. Um. Yeah, we're finishing our uh, our big three that we are um, doing every year now, where we talk about um, the big three of slashers, the uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Halloween franchises. And we're finishing that off by talking about Halloween 2018. That's right. We're skipping all that other shit. We're going Wait, straight so to- <laughs> does anybody, because obviously I'm new to horror, right? but- mm-hmm. Is there, because like Halloween was like pretty successful back in the day. Yeah. Does anybody know why they waited like what it was like 40 <laughs> years to make a sequel? Because Donald <laughs> Pleasant sucked. Really... They had to wait for him to be dead. <laughs> no, you no. can't fucking say <laughs> Don't that. Don't say that. <laughs> He was the best part. (laughs) (laughs) You can't sit here and tell me that the best part of the movie was not him saying this child is weird and needs to die. (laughs) (laughs) And now we've graduated to this old man is weird and needs to die. Um, Poor old man, Michael. Poor old man, Michael. Uh, Yeah. So... 
that's what we're talking about this 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 week. Um, as you guys may or may not know, uh, there was a sequel to Halloween 2018, uh, Halloween Kills, which came out uh, just like a month ago. Um, Wait, we're not talking about that one. No, I'm just saying that it came out. <laughs> okay. So uh, that may affect how I talk we'll, about this. We'll talk this about movie. that one next year. We will. Yeah, and then the maybe one Halloween. day we'll cycle back to the uh, to the old shitty sequels, but who knows? Wait, there what? were old. There weren't old <laughs> shitty sequels. Are you talking about the Friday the Thirteenth movies? I am way less committed to this bit than you guys are. What do you mean? Wait, if there were old <laughs> shitty sequels, what like what were they called? Because I thought it was just the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Oh my god! No, that's different. And then Halloween. No, but there was Halloween three. Season yeah, of the Witch. weird that they skipped two and just went with some anthology, but they called it Halloween three. I've heard of that one. Uh-huh. I've heard good things about that one. They must have already known they were going to do a Halloween 2 like 40 years later. That's commitment. They that needed to sense. wait for Jamie Lee Curtis to get old. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. this uh, th- Obviously, this movie came out in 2018. Um, it follows pretty much the same characters. The uh, Sorry. I'm forgetting which order. Do we do critical ratings now or do we do spoiler-free synopsis? We do critical Spoiler-free synopsis. Then critical ratings, then our okay. ratings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All no, right. I'll pull so up I have those to... notes. <laughs> it does follow the uh, same same characters as the first one does. Forty years later, I believe. Um, so it kind of follows real time, um, and it it does ignore all the sequels so we will ignore the se- all the sequels as we have been um and it acts like this is the first time that michael has been around and active since his original killings which are referred to in the movie as the babysitter murders which is trendy which also if memory serves was one of the working titles for this movie or not this movie but, but the, uh, original the original halloween, halloween. yeah um uh, there's a lot of self-referential stuff in this movie that i'm going to skim right over because i'm not a halloween nerd um, the, I know, I know I'm the one leading this movie and I should be up on it, well, but I'll let you guys handle here, that part. If you want, if you want a pretty decent blow by blow of Halloween, um, franchise, like references in this movie, uh, go watch Dead Meets Kill Count. He, mm-hmm. he points out a point lot them of out. them, but not all of them because there are so, so many, many. <laughs> Um, this movie is stacked with references to the old is. ones. While still holding up on its own to people who won't get those references, which is really nice of them. Um, so it's all often with slashers, uh, it's kind of hard to give a spoiler, spoiler-free synopsis because um, th- the thing that happens is that the slasher kills people. Um, so here's what I can give you now. Laurie's PTSD, uh, Laurie Strode, the main character, final girl from the first movie, uh, it's ripped her family apart. She had a daughter um, and raised her to be super paranoid about Michael and trained her to take him down if necessary. Um, but because of this treatment, her daughter was removed from her custody at age 12. Um, and she's kind of been on her own since while her daughter's been off getting married and having having a kid and doing her own thing. Meanwhile, Michael has spent the last 40 or so years in a mental facility under the care of Dr. Sartain, who took over after Loomis. Um, while being transferred to a new facility, Michael manages to escape, and when Lori learns he's on a rampage again, she gathers her family in hopes of putting an end to his killings once and for all. And there you go. That was a good so, spoiler-free synopsis. Thanks. Yeah. I wrote it down this time. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so 
Um, um, you guys keep talking. Were there old sequels? You guys keep it's, mentioning. It's a big them. hypothetical. Like, <laughs> is it like a the... is it like a Berenstein Bears thing? Yeah. No, it's a uh, Rob Zombie in 2006. He made uh, more of a reboot than anything. Okay. But he made two of them. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. those. Uh, I one hear suck. <laughs> when the dad said, "There's peanut butter on my penis," that was a reference to Rob Zombie. Really? <laughs> I mean, it could be seen as that. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh? Uh, so Rob Rob Zombies are kind of a uh, hit or miss for a lot of of people. Some people actually really like them for some reason, and other people, most people, I would say, do not. I like the first one. The first one was the first one was pretty much okay. And the second one was also kind of okay, but you gotta make sure that you don't watch the director's cuts. Okay. And if you watch the second one, you gotta be real okay with white zombie music videos, which is what a lot of it feels like. I mean, that's oh, no. all of Rob Zombie's movies, from what I understand. Not true. <laughs> oh, really? No, some of them don't feel like a giant music video, whereas this the second Halloween feels a lot like just music video. Why do they keep giving him franchises? They've given him the monsters. Because he cares a lot and when he is guided he puts out a good movie. When he is let loose, you get wildly hit or miss things like Halloween 2 and um, on one end of the spectrum and um, Devil's Rejects on the other end of the spectrum. I've where it's heard like, Devil's Rejects you know, is really good though isn't it no yeah, no that's no, what that i mean like it's on the great end of the spectrum or, or, or like okay. yeah yeah the only really zombie movie i've seen is house of a thousand shit. corpses still have not gotten around to any others you know what we'll talk about zombies some other yeah, time zombie, there's a whole this other is episode. not a rob zombie episode so um, how did people feel about this movie Noah? Well, well you asked emma thank Noah you very can much help you out with that one so on imdb we're ringing in with a solid 6.6 out of 10 rotten tomatoes gave it a 79 percent Metacritic is a 67%, and Letterboxd is a 3.3 out of 5, so another 66. Most people seem to be saying it's all right, bordering on good. Yeah, yeah for the I, most I part, would think so. which is about where I sit on it. Sounds personally. right. I'm surprised it doesn't rank higher because of franchise love, mm. but I think that also might be working against it with how bloated the franchise is, how uh, some people might be like, um... I liked my garbage Halloween. Where's Buster Rhymes? <laughs> right, right. Um, I think also can, like the it's it's another one of those things where horror movies um have weird crit- especially like big franchises have weird critical reception because the fans the fans have a lot more to say than critics usually do. Like I've unironically seen people say that this is the worst one of the worst movies in the entire Halloween franchise. What? And I don't know how they would say that. I've only seen the original this one and Halloween Kills and of those 3, this one is probably the best. I would agree mm-hmm. personally. Um yeah, I think this one doesn't have a lot of the um and no spoilers obviously. It doesn't have a lot of the like self-importance that Halloween Kills suffers from. <laughs> um uh but yeah uh my rating for this movie if you guys don't mind uh is probably gonna be a six or yeah six a solid six i'd say okay um i liked it uh i enjoyed it i liked the characters uh honestly um 
Uh, this movie did a good job of getting me attached to a couple of them. Not many of them. They're still slasher characters. They're not like super fleshed out. But um, yeah, I, I did. I did like it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Nice. Nice. Um, I give this one a nine out of ten. I think it's Whoa, nine my star favorite Halloween, Halloween movie. is back. Nine star Halloween is back. I think this is my personal favorite Halloween movie. I don't need to put like the the asterisk of because it's such an important movie onto it or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I really like this one a lot. I think it lives up well um, with the, I mean, Jeff, I know you for sure know what I'm talking about. Modern slashers are not good mm. um, because there's an element of schlockiness that really is needed to make a slasher feel good. Otherwise, you get like a lot of mean spirited feeling movies yeah. or like they, they all tend I to like kind the Friday of, uh, reboot where it's like it's good, it's but not. it's not like fun. I like it. It's but it's fine. Not fun. It's terrible as a Friday the 13th movie. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of slashers end up landing in that camp. And I think this one balanced the line of being a serious movie. Not like a serious movie, but like a more serious movie that also is about a guy in coveralls and a white mask who goes around and kills people on Halloween. Yeah, that's that's kind of the root of it, right? Is a lot of the a lot of them tend to fall into the the mistake of taking themselves too seriously. Whereas mm -hmm. most like most 80s slashers, like most Friday the 13th sequels are half comedies, more or less. Yeah. Just with a lot of kills like. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think I think this one managed to managed to stay light enough throughout that when it had its heavy moments, it didn't feel weird. But also across the board, I will never be mad to have to sit and watch this one. You know. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. it's not too long if memory serves. I need to double check that. It definitely uh, doesn't feel that. It's like an hour forty. I think it's like yeah. I watched it this yeah, morning, which is a little longer than I a uh, little longer than I usually want for my slashers, but it's not bad. I mean, I think it 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 does enough to make up for it. Yeah, um, it uses the time you, the right way. Yeah. So, with using the time in the right way, what what numerical value would you give this movie? Um, I think if you were to sell it on the NFT marketplace, what would you charge no, for it? No, for as we, many. No. <laughs> I would charge six million dollars out of ten. <laughs> um, it's it's got a lot that I like. It's also this one, and uh, again, no spoilers for Halloween Kills, but it's got the same problem where the dialogue is just uh, horrible at times, and I cannot mm -hmm. get past that. But at the same time, considering that it's a, a sequel of a slasher from 1978, it's characteristic of the genre. So I don't know if I can be mad about that or not, but I, I am. One of those things <laughs> where like, when you make something and it's bad and people criticize it, you're like, oh, actually, that was a stylistic oh, choice. Actually, we're a grindcore band. It's supposed to sound that bad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Self-call out. Pretty sure. rare, those. <laughs> what about you, Emma? You I don't here? remember what I gave the first Halloween, but I'll give this a 0.5 extra. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll take that. It's pretty Question good. Question mark 0.5 out of 10. I remember that I ranked the first Halloween pretty high because I I enjoyed it the most out of the out of the old slashers. It's funny because last week Emma said Friday or Nightmare was her favorite of the old slashers. I Who remember I remember uh, Friday the Thirteenth was my favorite of the old <laughs> slashers last year. Oh my Curious. god! <laughs> oh my god! Just wait until we finally watch Child's Play. Dare I say, Emma's favorite of the old slashers. Yeah, <laughs> Legitimately, though, absolutely. I do think you're going to like it better than any of these. Interesting. It's very I did watch, I watched Scream, and that was, that was really good. Scream like, is so yeah, surprisingly like Scream. Scream good, is a right? Fun one. Yeah. 
I also watched um, uh, Trick or Treat. Uh, oh, you did! Oh, it was so yeah. fun. Did yeah. it live up to expectations? It was great. I really enjoyed having it. a cute, a cute little yeah. boy in it. A cute little, <laughs> a cute little killer boy. We just kept a, talking about like, like um, nobody that listens to this podcast will get this reference except for maybe Nina. But uh, me and Matihi were watching it together, and we kept saying that like the killer from Trick or Treat is like if Jimothy was like a killer. I um, know what Jimothy is. <laughs> yeah, just adorable little baby boy. <laughs> Just a little baby boy. All right. Well, I'm ready to get into uh, content warnings if you guys are. Sure. Um, yeah. So the the thing about content warnings for this one is that there aren't <laughs> really any. Um, it's it's a Murder. slasher. So there's a lot of there's violence. There's gore. Um, there's there, a dead child. There is a, a dead child do be dying. Um, but really, there is nothing out of the ordinary or specific, I would say, unless you guys, there's no animal death in this one. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's really, there's um, really nothing. Michael didn't kill a baby. That was nice of Michael him. Yeah, he it's specifically him. didn't. He looked at it and he said, nah, not today. Too I don't, easy. I, <laughs> too easy. Yeah, can you guys um, think of anything? A couple of the kills, like the one, um, the gas station bathroom kill has a little bit more mm. of a real feel to it than most mm -hmm. of the others so yeah um yeah, i would say yeah you know just mm -hmm. uh, but that that still gets filed just under gross violence so like uh yeah specifically there's some teeth stuff if you guys don't like teeth stuff be aware teeth of you don't see the teeth stuff there. happen though you do see the kid mm -hmm. die but you don't watch the teeth happen so there's Which that. I think, honestly, that's what I would prefer to have happen. If we're being honest, <laughs> if you gotta I don't put one thing on screen, stuff. show me the kid dying, not the teeth getting pulled out. Yeah. that It's not even a question for me. That is, there's like immediately what I would prefer to see. The worst uh, thing yeah. that could possibly happen is if he was pulling the kid's teeth out on screen. Ah. Anyway. Um... Why would you say that? Because <laughs> that would be the worst hey, thing. Hey, hey, Emma, so we can stop talking about teeth. Do you want to tell me how scary you found this movie? I'd rate this movie a 10 teeth out of 10 teeth scary. Oh, man. Um, wow. I thought she was That's like say a third of the teeth, teeth that children. people have in their head. Yeah, that's, that's about... how many teeth you'll have left when Michael's done with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Once Michael's done with you in the bathroom, <laughs> you'll only have 10 teeth left. Um, mm. No, I mean, it's a it's a slasher movie. I mean, it's not very mm. scary. But it's a fun time. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm gonna start. About I do want to announce. Time. I'm gonna start being more Ooh. honest with my scary ratings. Oh man! Well, now that you're like now that we're intense, coming into season two of the podcast, Emma is right. just season, jaded I don't know by if scary I've talked, shit. Yeah, I I don't know if I've talked about this on on camera, but my my new goal is that I'm going to try to find movies that actually scare me. Um, mm -hmm. so. Because of that, I will be giving more more valid scary ratings. Yeah. Okay. From now on, makes sense. Nice. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I look forward to hearing your honest opinion, and also, um, to having none of my movies get a very high scary rating. Because yeah. <laughs> my okay. my next couple of picks are going to be movies that I've been terrified to watch my entire life. Um, oh, I'm, I'm excited. So Are we excited. doing The Conjuring? Like The Conjuring and The Exorcist. Well, we already covered Conjuring and Exorcist. I think hey, The Conjuring... there's only so much room for 10 no out of 10. Spoilers. I, I think The Conjuring is... The Conjuring's probably going to disappoint you. 
Um, well, on a scariness goes. rating, not on an enjoyment rating. Yeah, not on an enjoyment rating, on a scariness front. Um, okay, I am ready to give you guys my synopsis. If you guys are ready to Please hear do. my synopsis, I want to talk okay. about the bathroom. Yeah. Scene. Oh, I'm yes. so okay. ready for this bathroom synopsis. <laughs> yeah, reading this from my toilet. Here it comes. <laughs> Flush sound That's effect. the way to make podcasts. You get I better can't believe <laughs> Michael Myers killed someone through a glory hole. Uh, I have a I have a really funny picture that I sent to Noah when we were first dating of Jason standing in front of a glory hole with his machete ready. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I forgot about that. that. It's one of my favorite Jason memes. Okay. All right, so speaking of the bathroom scene, uh, this movie starts with a pair of investigative journalists. I'm doing scare quotes. They're true crime podcasters. Scare quotes? Scare yeah, quotes. That's what that's called. Air quotes. It's both. What? Scare quotes. Do you want to text your mom about it? I'm going to no. call my mom about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. It starts with these quote unquote investigative journalists, true crime pos- podcasters, collecting information about Michael. Um, they go to visit him at this facility he's being held at, and they find him in a courtyard surrounded by other patients at this facility. Michael's doctor, uh, Sartain, cautions the podcasters because they're like, oh, is he unaware? I want to find out. And the doctor's like, yeah, he's aware. Um, he's he's not stupid. He's just mentally unwell. Um Despite the warnings of this doctor, the podcasters approach him and one of them pulls out Michael's mask, which he has somehow obtained. The movie's just like, oh, he got it from a friend at the general, like the district attorney's office or something. Yeah, it's I don't know how he managed that. I love that line. (laughs) It's like, did you steal that, man? You can Um, tell me if you stole it. Excuse me, can I interrupt the synopsis for a moment? I just Googled the word scare quote, and scare quotes cannot be said out loud. They must be written. Oh, so I wrote them. I wrote them, and I'm reading out my Well, but you tried to say them just now, and you can't do that. You are harsh in my mellow, man. That's why Uh, I'm here. <laughs> Noah's Googling it now. Can just, we just keep reading? <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, the point being, somehow this guy got his hands on Michael's mask. He holds it up, and though Michael hardly reacts, he kind of just turned his head a little bit. Um, the rest of the courtyard seems to catch this change in atmosphere, and everything kind of breaks out into a really noisy chaos. Uh, and then we cut to the title screen. I really like the opening scene. I think it's super, super fun. Um, and I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, we continue to follow the podcasters as they go to visit Laurie Strode, who is now living in the middle of nowhere all alone. Uh, she has this big gate up and everything, and they try to tell her that, oh, we're investigative journalists and we want to talk to you. And she does not respond until they offer her $3,000 and she agrees to talk with them. The full talk is super brief. She doesn't actually give them a lot of information. It seems like though she is happy to accept their money, she's still really annoyed that they're there. And I can't blame her for it. Um, Seems reasonable. Conversation. Right? They really just, they're just there to bug her and bring up sensitive topics about her life. Um, (laughs) Rude, extremely rude of them. Um, Yeah. 
We then kind of start following Laurie's family. Her daughter, who I mentioned earlier, was removed from Laurie's custody uh, at age 12. And she has clearly been through a lot of therapy about it because she talks like someone who's been through a lot of therapy. She uses terms like cognitive behavioral therapy and projecting um, a lot. Uh, and I think that's a little good, a bit of good characterization. Um, Lori's granddaughter, Allison, on the other hand, actually wants to reestablish a connection with Lori and reaches out to her to come to a dinner to celebrate uh, Allison's recent academic accomplishments. Lori does show up at a football game or football practice and tries to give Allison the money that she got from the podcasters. Um, does she accept or not? I actually don't remember. She tries not to, and I believe then she does. Yeah. She takes the three grand. Good for her, honestly. Um, yeah. Lori does end up showing up to the dinner where she meets Allison's boyfriend, Cameron. Cameron's dad is Lonnie, who was um, one of the kids in the original movie. Uh, he and Allison's dad, Ray, I think his name is Ray, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were friends as kids, and Ray, Ray starts Skywalker. to kind of- Yeah, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ray starts to kind of info dump about his and Lonnie's friendship, trying to, clearly trying to embarrass the kids. And then uh, Lori shows up and kind of ruins everything. She has come directly from watching Michael leave his, um, his current uh, facility on his way to be transferred to another. And she's clearly in a panic. Um, she kind of like throws out her paranoia to everyone else uh, and then leaves. <laughs> And we love her for that as well. Um, however, she's proven almost she's proven right almost immediately as we are shown a kid and his dad just kind of hanging out, driving down the road, having a conversation. The kid has the raspiest voice. Uh, this kid smokes a pack a day, I swear to God. On his way to uh, dance having, class, apparently. On his way to dance class, no less. Yeah, that was weird. Um, Is that weird? They come... I... I don't think the dance class is weird. I think him okay. getting all having the raspy voice and talking about dance class was an interesting combination. Um, but yeah, he and his dad are having this conversation when they come across the bus that Michael was in, um, crashed on the side of the road in a scene that's kind of reminiscent of the first movie where there's all of the patients kind of just roaming around. Um, the dad gets out of the car to go investigate, and when he doesn't come back quickly enough, the kid calls 911 and then goes to uh, investigate as well. He takes his gun with him. This kid has terrible trigger discipline, and when he boards the bus and finds Sartain, Sartain scares the kid enough that the kid just shoots him and then runs away. Um, he runs I mean, back that bitch popped out behind a seat, like, very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't shoot! Everybody knows you gotta shot. say That's don't very shoot, and then you bring the, the hands up, up, and then you stand up slowly. Come on. Yeah. I think the kid was gonna shoot him no matter what, but I agree with you guys. Um, kid freaks out, runs back to the car, uh, and gets inside, and that's when Michael pops up and kills a kid on screen by bashing his head into the window until his neck breaks, uh, which is pretty brutal. Uh, you hate to see it. Um, the next scene we we come to is our friendly podcasters again. They've stopped at a gas station uh, to use the bathroom. Uh, Michael uh, shows up at the bathroom while the woman is using it. And um, at first she's like, hey, someone's in this one. Uh, he then drops a handful of teeth into the stall with her. Super gross. And... Uh, 
tries to drag her out of the stall. While this is happening and she's screaming, her partner comes in and um, Michael turns to him and bashes him against the wall repeatedly and uh, drops him so he can watch Michael kill his partner. And then uh, he, he, I think it's implied he just dies of the head trauma um, propped up against the wall. Very sad scene. Very good scene. Um, Michael leaves the bathroom to retrieve his mask from their car, and off he goes. <laughs> um, we then go to Halloween night. It's finally freaking time. Laurie shows up at her daughter's house uh, in a very, very great scene where she just kind of pops out and goes, bang, you're dead. You guys aren't prepared enough to kill Michael. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about, Laurie? And she's like, he escaped, so you guys got to be prepared. Um, and we see that Michael is in fact in town and in an, a really cool long shot, we see him walk through the neighborhood and commit multiple murders. He does not kill a baby. There is a baby there. He just can't be bothered. Um, and that is our, our, uh, cue to know that he's out there. Here he goes. Killing again. Good for him. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, Allison, Laurie Strode's granddaughter, is at a school party with her boyfriend Cameron. They are dressed as Bonnie and Clyde, but gender bent. So Cameron is in a skirt and high heels, and honestly, they look really good together. Really and do. I really love the co- the costuming was so great. Um, and it really I think highlighted their chemistry. I really liked that. Um, they're hanging out at this party. Allison briefly calls her friend Vicky, who is stuck babysitting, but says her boyfriend will be visiting after the kid goes to bed, and that they should come and hang out and smoke some weed. Um, the kid totally calls her out for trying to use a euphemism for smoking weed. It's, um... Alakazam. Alakazam. Good try, Vicky. Uh, you're not getting one over on this kid, though. Uh, Vicky does put the kid to bed and her boyfriend comes by. The two are making out when the kid comes down the stairs and is like, hey, I saw someone in my room. We get a couple fake outs where it's like, oh, no, there's no one in the room. It's completely empty. See? Except that the closet door won't close, and when Vicky goes to try and close the closet door, Michael pops out and stabs her. She does put up a pretty good fight, but unfortunately, uh, socks on hardwood floor are her downfall, and she does die. <laughs> um, I did cringe when she slipped. It was it was like, oh, that's super unfortunate. Um, and uh, yeah, Michael manages to kill her and the boyfriend. Kid does make it out, though. Uh, good for the kid. Uh, Back at the party, Allison sees Cameron. He's getting a little too comfy with a girl in a tiger costume. Uh, She confronts him and he gets mad at her for pulling out her phone while they're having this important conversation. Uh, And he takes her phone and throws it into a bowl of punch. The phone call was from Lori trying to reach her to let her know that Michael was loose. But uh, now now she'll never know. Um, This obviously makes Allison angry enough that she and Oscar leave the party without Cameron and make their way towards where Vicky invited them. Oscar is one of their uh, other friends, kind of the comic relief friend for Oscar. Um, On their walk, Oscar gathers that Cameron and Allison are no longer a thing, or at least so he thinks, so he tries to kiss her. She rejects him and leaves him alone where Michael finds him and after listening to his heartfelt confession about really liking a girl and not being able to get with her, Michael stabs him and impales his jaw on a fence. Uh, (laughs) Allison does come back when she hears Oscar screams and finds him on the fence um, and runs away when she sees Michael behind him. 
Uh, she runs out into the street where she's picked up by Frank, an officer who was present for Michael's original killings uh, and happened to be in the area tonight. Frank already picked up Sartain from the bus and found Vicky and her boyfriend's bodies. And now he picks up Allison as well. And as the three of them are driving, uh, they run into Michael. Literally, they run Michael over. He, he's in the road and they got it. <laughs> um, Sartain is not super happy about that. He's like, that's my patient, you dipshit, and gets out of the car to go and check on Michael. Frank follows him and leaves Allison in the car, and while they're out there, Sartain decides to stab Frank in the neck and leave him for dead on the road. He drives Michael's body into the car and puts him in the back with Allison and then starts driving away again. Uh, in what is maybe my favorite plot twist, in this movie, Sartain then reveals that he is the one who helped Michael escape. He thinks that Michael and Laurie have this kind of dichotomy that's very important, and he wants to kind of help that be realized. So he tells Allison he's now bringing Michael to Laurie. Um, Allison, in an attempt to kind of get out of that situation and identifies what Sartain is after and says that she heard Michael speak. She's totally lying, though. She stalls long enough that Michael wakes up and uh, kills Sartain, um, and Allison's able to get out of the car and run off into the woods. <sighs> Michael continues on from there. Uh, he comes across two cops that are killed, and their bodies are posed in a really cool way. He cuts one of their heads off. This is gr gross, but I'm going to describe it. He cuts one of their heads off and puts the flashlight in it, so it looks like it's a jack-o'-lantern. Uh... They didn't hold on it nearly long enough in this movie for me, um, but I I love I love that specific pose. They do come back uh, to it in the next movie, so you get a little bit of a better look at it then, which is fantastic. Oh. Yep, that's what it's all about, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, eventually Michael does make it to Laurie's house, where he comes across um, Allison's dad and and uh, kills him, uh, chokes him to death rip in peace, Ray. Uh, and then he is lured into Laurie's house by Laurie and her daughter and Allison. Uh, and they're able to trap him in the basement and set the whole place on fire. Uh, the movie ends with uh, the three women in the back of a stranger's car driving away from the burning house with the kind of idea that maybe Michael is finally dead. Uh, but there is a sequel, so we know that's not necessarily true. <laughs> And that's that. That's the that's that's how the movie does. That's how the movie yeah. do. That's how the movie do. There you go. Nice. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> is something very important to me. Okay. Ooh. So as mentioned, I watched Trick or Treat recently, and when Michael was going down the street killing people in their houses on Halloween night, where all the kids are trick or treating, I it felt like a very good time for the spirit of Halloween child to show up, show up and get into a fight with Michael Myers. And I'm just, I, you, I want to wanna... know why we haven't had a Michael Myers versus spirit of Halloween movie yet. Yeah. Michael versus Sam. When get it. <laughs> Cause it's uh. solid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually it's uh, Sam Hain. Um, actually, it's not. Answer, answer me this, horror fans. <laughs> Why hasn't this happened? I and then the winner of that one I've probably fights the uh, winner of Freddy versus Jason, right? 
Yeah, yeah. it's a tourney. Tournament arc. Slasher tournament arc. I'm here for it. <laughs> I would love a slasher tournament arc. Pinhead has um, to there fight is a. Yeah, I think that's actually. Is I it watched because that they're showdown. both too horny? Yeah. They're both super horny, and can Chucky, uh, can he feel pain? I think Ooh. he can. I'm not sure. I have See, a remember. feeling Pinhead would win that one. Pretty it's easily. tough to You'd tell. Think, but it's Chucky tough is... to tell. We'll have to watch Child's Chucky's Play soon. Chucky's been defeated roundly by a child several times. <laughs> yeah, and the you world's know, most incompetent. Been defeated in fairness, by a child, Pinhead. Pinhead, was, Pinhead was also defeated by a child. She was actually. not a child, she was a young adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did live on her own. I'm sorry, she did yeah, live on her own. Yeah, she's in so her late teens at the earliest. Into... I mean, come on now. At the earliest. Who would Leatherface? Back to this one, though. Noah, who would Leatherface fight in the uh, the slasher tourney arc? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Captain Lexi. Spaulding. Oh, no, not Captain Spaulding. I'd Wait, love who's to Captain see... Spaulding? Leatherface Candyman would rip Captain Spaulding in half. It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> All right, but, but back to this movie. To this I got stuff I want to talk about with this one. Okay, okay. Okay. But Emma first. I said my thing. Oh, okay. You said the first thing you wanted <laughs> so, to talk about, like you had a list to go down or something. Yeah. I was excited um, to hear the, the rest of the list. The only thing I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noah, I'm hoping you have a list. I have at least one thing to talk about, and the first thing is definitely that bathroom fight. Yeah. Um, I forgot how... I have... Ah, here we go, because this ties into the second thing I have to talk about. I forgot how mean-spirited uh, Killing Woman podcast felt. I don't remember what either of their names are. I just wrote them down as male and woman podcast. I also did. I think her name was Dana. Yeah. Dana? Okay. I don't so remember So when his. Dana got killed by Michael in that bathroom, it felt so incredibly mean-spirited because, like, sure, her buddy got, like, knocked against the wall and, like, beat down, but the fact that Michael just went into her stall and then choked her... That was like, it, that whole sequence felt so mean. And I'm like, ah, I see. This is what the energy they've been trying to portray Michael having for years is. Yeah, oh my God. And they just haven't been able to. He's, it felt like a cut out of the Rob Zombie Halloween. He's so much more menacing in both this movie and Halloween Kills than he is in the first one for me. Yeah. Like, he's a presence that I can believe everyone is afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um. And not just like some dorky dude in a mask that can get his mask pulled off by a teenage girl. Um, instead, it's like, oh yeah, no, fuck, dude. Like if if I if I saw that guy standing in the middle of the road, I would I'd be out of there. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, mm-hmm. I think dude. they did a good job of giving him more, not characterization, but more like his kills were definitely yeah. very brutal. He's a lot more mm-hmm. physical than he was in the original yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. speaking or not speaking of but kind of speaking of did you notice that he's blind in one eye yeah Yeah. because of the coat hanger from the Mm -hmm. uh from the original Mm -hmm. i just made that that connection uh, this time yeah uh i was uh i don't know i i did not notice that the first time i watched it but this time i was watching really close to see how much of his face we could see i think that opening scene where he doesn't really do anything, but the entire atmosphere of the yard changes and everyone freaks out mm-hmm. was yeah. did like pulled so much weight in making him the character that he is in these sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it really shows that like just his presence is it affects people around him. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
uh, even though the, the freaking podcasters seem entirely unfazed, I love the representation of how shitty and disrespectful true crime oh podcasters can be. Right. And that is what I want to talk about next. I have a lot of opinions about the true crime podcast couple. Um, obviously, because, you know, they uh, true crime podcasts uh, are really predatory in nature. And I feel like generally a lot of people agree that they need to tone it back. Like there's some that are not that way. However, for every one that is not like that, there are 10 that are like that. Um, you know, so maybe these guys weren't, uh, all as bad as they seemed, but we will simply never know because they got, they got dead. But my big beef was recording now. Right. Um, right. Now, Here's the thing. I have worked with the Tascam recorder before. I know what they sound like. I know how they work. They're not bad. They're really nice handheld recorders. But uh -huh. here's the thing. You gotta, if you are using the built-in mic, you gotta keep it pointed at the person that you want to listen to. It's very important that it's a very directional microphone. Um, and the fact that <laughs> when they're walking along with like the graveyard keeper. Yeah. And... She's just like seven feet away from her, like walking forward, walking ahead. And my initial thought when they were recording into it, I'm like, okay, they're getting their interview like audio. That makes sense. But then they're going to re-record their stuff later. I get it. That makes sense. That way you have your clean, good audio. And then you have your not as good um, interview audio that people will give a big pass for because sure. it's, it's the interview audio. It's you know, who spot. knows how you got the interview audio. But then they went up to like, judith's grave and they're like michael went into her room and sliced the back of her neck and blah 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 blah. and it's just like why are you being all dramatic right now reading your like script at graveside that's actually really weird dude yeah and then after that when they're driving to Lori's house <laughs> they're recording in the car because that was the point where i'm like why are they recording in the car and i'm like okay maybe Maybe they're getting all their thoughts out there and they're going to re-record later. But then they did the dramatic reading at the graveside and I'm like, they're not recording later. This is them getting all their audio now. And I, I loved it a lot because it was just, I wish I had one on hand so that I could show everyone like what it would sound like if you were driving around and right. trying to record with that. Cause there's, there's a podcast I used to listen to and they had a special bit that they would do called drive home from the drive-in where they would go to a movie or preferably a drive-in movie. And then on the way home, they would talk about the movie and you would hear like the turn signal and you would that hear wasn't the, the wipers. guys, was it? Because they did something similar. Cinema Sims? Yeah. No, not them. Okay. I want to know who, but you can tell me later. Um, But you know, like sometimes you would hear the heater. Usually what they did was they cranked the heater and then they turned it off and they're like, it's right. really cold in the car because we turned the heater off so it wouldn't show up on our microphone. And it was... It was really fun. It's a fun gimmicky thing. They have since stopped doing that because it was too hard to work with. Yada, 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 yada. Makes sense. But um, I hate the concept of this podcast couple recording actual anything that they're using with that task game that they just set down and like Lori's getting up and walking around and everything. And they're just like still recording on the table yeah. as if she never walked to the other side of the room. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. It, and by liked it, I mean, I like to be mean about it, it uh, because me. it's like it's one of those things where it's that one. It's that one thing that I do happen to know about. 
Um, so I'm going to be rude about it. <laughs> well, it's like if, if you can look at it in two ways and you can with a lot of things when you know about how it actually is done and they and they put it on screen. Um, I'm this way with like almost every like on screen artist is like, does the writer not know anything about how this works or is this intentional to show you? how shitty of a podcast that it is these two are running. Yeah. Like, are they actually as amateur hour as they se seem, or was this a product of the writers not understanding how it works? I guarantee this one was a product of the writers not understanding just because of how they, uh, well, maybe a little bit of both, because they tried to uh, talk about, oh, we're very capable. You may have heard of us from NPR and, like, that whole attitude. God, I hate it. I hate it. We can never become that kind of podcast. I know we don't do true crime or anything, but I just don't want us to try and start citing our friggin' credentials as podcasters. It's just so unsettling. We would have to be popular first. Shut, yeah. shut up, you! <laughs> I don't think we're trying to do that. No. So I don't think we are. Michael, Unless we can get, like, pre-screening Michael Myers, a small-town boy with a smile who could light th that could light up a room one night. <laughs> dark. Did he have well, a smile okay, that could so light up a room? Because we know that that cop camera, at the so end certainly know. had a smile that could light up a room because he was a jack o' lantern. Because he was a jack o' lantern. <laughs> <But. Ooh. laughs> um, okay, so uh, I was gonna say, as much as like I do agree that this was at least partially a writer's mistake, there are a couple like really cool, subtle ways they characterize characters in this movie. Um, mm. firstly, um there is the fact that when they are retelling how Michael killed his sister, they lie a little bit. There's a lot of embellishment there. There's a little bit there. Um, and I liked that. I liked how Karen, um, Laurie's daughter, talks in therapy terms, and you can tell that she's definitely been to a lot of therapy, like I mentioned. Um, I like the way that Cameron and Allison are characterized in a way that's very realistic to how current teenagers would treat a Halloween party, um, especially someone who's on the honor roll. They don't pretend that she would stay home like Lori does. She goes to the party and she calls a friend and that friend says, see, didn't I tell you you'd have fun? That's what I expect from this generation, not the... No, I'm too smart. I'm going to stay home and read books tonight. You know, like a smart a smart kid is going to do Bonnie and Clyde gender bent and they're going to go and go to the party anyway to show off that they're Bonnie and Clyde gender bent. <laughs> I just like how it's like the stupid costume idea. Ti Ghost sexy with tiger. Sexy tiger. <laughs> the smart costume idea. Gender bent Bonnie and Clyde. Right. Whoa. It's what kids would think as a smart costume and would be proud of because they were. Um, but there's a lot of little stuff like that. There's Ray, um, the dad. He talks about getting peanut butter on his penis and no one says penis butter and i was so mad that no one said penis butter <laughs> nobody laughs at any of his jokes no not a single one of them no. well and like this is a super i got peanut butter on my penis shut up dad i gotta <laughs> clean this peanut butter off of my penis and I wanted to talk about this, and you guys, Noah, you can cut this if you think that this is something we shouldn't keep. But um, I do want to bring up how you do um, find out in the sequel that he is maybe lying about buying peyote from Lonnie or the other way around. Because oh, yeah, the Lonnie, sequel, tells, Lonnie, Lonnie <laughs> tells the opposite story. Yeah, Lonnie's like, oh, yeah, Ray sold me peyote. <laughs> 
They, I thought that was another really fun small I think, characterization where they both say that the other one sold them drugs. I think that considering who they're talking to each time, where it's uh, Ray is talking to Lonnie's kid, and he's like, oh yeah, me and your dad used to hang out all the time. You know, your dad sold me peyote. And then when uh, Lonnie is talking to Ray's kid, he's like, oh man, I'm going to miss your dad. You know, back in the day, uh, your dad sold me peyote. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that that was just a funny little joke. Just a yeah. lark. An amusing little ditty. Uh, to jump back to the podcasters, uh, along the same thread oh, yeah. as the, uh, the oh, characterization I thing. The, podcasters. the way mm-hmm. that the podcasters are shown, the movie goes so far out of its way to make sure we understand how inconsiderate they are. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the one that really stuck out to me, other than, you know, going and talking to Michael and having the mask and shit and going and talking to Lori. Yeah. Like, the graveyard scene. As they're walking up to the mm-hmm. grave, the like groundskeeper is talking to them. Then they arrive at the grave and she has just asked them a question and they totally ignore her. They just sit down mm-hmm. in front of the grave and start doing their creepy talking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's I, a question that. No, go ahead. I, I just I, I really liked that, that they're 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 so far up their own asses that a person can a- ask them a question directly. And they will just completely ignore it because they're doing their thing. You know, what were you going to say there? Oh, I was going to say that the question she asks, which is what was like so special about Judith or or something like that. Yeah. um, That's interesting to me because it's not a question that makes sense in the context of the conversation, but it is a question that makes context sense in the context of the theming of these specific Halloween sequels. Um, because these sequels seem kind of fixated on asking why Michael kills, um, what his motivation is, if any. Yeah. Um, there's a scene later on where Oscar is talking to what he thinks is a neighbor, but is actually Michael, about how have you ever really liked a girl and you just couldn't have her? Mm-hmm. And it's heavily implied that that's like they're trying to say that that's how Michael feels about Lori or that's how he felt about his sister, something similar to that. Um, that there's, it's never answered. None of this has been answered for us yet. Yeah. It may never be, but it definitely seems like they're trying to, even though in this, in, in, in this, uh, kind of movie, it's, it's like the only reason Michael went to Lori's house is because Sartain drove him there. Um, so it's like, well, is he even into Lori or does he even have anything against Lori? Um, it definitely feels like these sequels are like, well, does he? Is there this dichotomy that Sartain is implying there is? What's going on with Laurie and Michael? Is there any connection there? Mm-hmm. Michael um, is that one meme where it's like, you ruined my life. And then the other person's like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. Laurie and Michael. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I also like how this movie shows how Michael kind of turned two separate people into killers themselves. Uh or actually more than two, because we do also get Karen and Allison. Um, Michael's existence turns Sartain into a killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stabs Frank, and then he's like, oh, so this is what it feels like to kill. It's oh like, my, chill the, the fuck out, Cringy fucking asshole wearing right. the Michael mask <laughs> while he's hauling Michael into the car. And he's like, whoa, 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 although, I'm although, such a bad man now. One of the better the Michael pieces. Michael borderline had a mustache. One of the better pieces of dialogue in the movie comes from that scene, though, when he opens up the back door of the police car to put Michael into it, and he says, make room for my patient. As though he didn't mm. just say Michael was dead on the sidewalk a moment ago. 
I think he like I, I liked that. I as, think that was uh, a yeah as a like Sartain just being crazy kind of moment. I, I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a neat kind of a neat thing. I I agree. It could be that, or it could also be that he was straight up lying about thinking Michael was dead. Um, in order equally to likely Frank out equally likely, and I like or to make Frank read. not double tap him. Yeah, right. Can um, I ask I a question? What's Go up? ahead. How old was Michael in the first Halloween? Ooh, uh, 20... uh, early 20s. Seven. What, he was six years old, and then he spent 15 years in the facility, so he would have been 21 so in the first movie. Oh, wow. He does not give off that vibe. That's that's a baby. That's a literal he's child. He's a child. And, yeah. Just a little boy. Yeah, so he's 61 in this movie. Okay. Got Making it, it happen. It. Yeah. He, he is motoring for an older fellow. Um, Especially for an older fellow who's done nothing but sit and stare for the last 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that you like. And and this is, again, going into like how how human is Michael. He can take an awful lot of a beating. Usually when a character comes out of prison and they're stronger or as strong as they were, that you have like a lot of they were working out in prison montages. Yeah. Michael was not. He, he was, was just... doing those micro exercises where he was just like clenching and unclenching muscles. He was just, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> just doing a lot of kegels. Um, I mean, he does just kind of leg press his way out of that cop car, though. He does. I do. He... I do want to also say, because his doctor, like, hardcore believes Michael can still talk and is constantly trying to get Michael to say something or anything. If a bitch hasn't talked in 40 years, wouldn't you basically lose the ability to speak? Um, Because, like, the vocal cords are a muscle. Yeah, they would atrophy over time, yeah. Yeah. So right, and it and it <laughs> hasn't even just been forty years. I, he didn't talk in the original either, did he? Did he like maybe scream uh, at one point when he, he just, pulled the mask? No, off? he just grunts. Yeah. Yeah. Loomis made so. reference to when he stopped talking. Um, so I, I think at the, at the time least, of the movie, talking. he said that like he hadn't spoken in the last ten years or something like that. So Michael hasn't spoken for fifty years. Yeah. Unless he's talking to himself at night, like. You can do this, Michael. You can do this. I assume he is. I assume Michael, you're such a good boy. You can do this. Edge and I were talking about him one time, and we were saying that we thought the the best possible version of the character would be that like Michael talked to everyone except Loomis and just asked them not to tell him <laughs> <laughs> because Loomis was just a dick to him. So he was just, he was just totally normal with everybody else. But then when Loomis was around, he would clam up. <laughs> I love that action. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Oh, Michael, Michael, he's coming. Oh, Michael, how are you doing? Stare. Stare <laughs> okay, fine. Be that way, you piece of shit. You complete representation of evil. Fuck you. This child is pure evil. He needs to die. This child won't speak to me, therefore he is pure evil and, and needs to die. old people be like... Uh, you I know mean, really, what? Though. <laughs> Actually, though. Yeah. <laughs> Michael probably didn't make eye contact with him enough, and he's just like, that's it. He's beyond repair. Loomis held a door open for him one time and he didn't thank him. So <laughs> this movie, like obviously the Halloween, a lot of older slashers. So I'm I'm including um, Nightmare in this as well, um, are really, really bad about the representation of mental health, mm-hmm. um, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about the Halloween, especially this Halloween movie and the original combined is that, oh, and 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 Halloween kills uh, to an extent, is that it feels like they are not like super in-depth criticizing 
how mental health is treated. Yeah. So that's there actually is, there is that. Have you talked to Edge about Halloween Kills? Because no, I haven't. We talked I a lot on the way meets. home from the theater because she drove me to see that one. Um, and she has thoughts with a capital T on what that movie has to say about the demonization of mental illness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe oh, yeah, maybe no, we should I think have her on very... here sometime to talk about that and about Michael. When we do Halloween Kills, I would love that um, because I think that that would be dope. I definitely think it was stronger in Halloween Kills, Absolutely. but I think it's starting in this one with how Sartain treats Michael and glorifies Michael's mental illness yeah. into being some like legendary thing, which is, which speaks to how the original movie and, and Rob Zombie's movies did, mm-hmm. uh, did the same thing. And we're like, Oh, he's crazy. He's mentally sick. Therefore he is pure evil and this menacing monster. Yeah. And these movies are also doing that, but they are being critical of the concept as well. So I can at least appreciate a little effort. Yeah. Uh, it's a mess though <laughs> it is a bit it is a bit it's not m night Shyamalan levels of of demonizing mental illness but it's not good Oof. either uh... um there's a lot of to change subjects there's a lot of interesting parallels mm-hmm. between michael in the original and Lori in this one there's a lot of shots that are shown where she's doing things that he does in the original oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we get yeah. that Shakespeare classroom scene, you know, like like from John Carpenter's Halloween 1978, where there's a Shakespeare classroom scene. Um, and, uh, you know, Michael is oh, like... I thought you were just going to say, like, a horror movie where there's a Shakespeare classroom yeah, scene. Yeah, right? <laughs> they were or all doing it. But, uh, you know, where Michael is, like, staring at her from across the street. We see a, a similar shot there where Lori is standing across the street staring in the window at her granddaughter. Then we get, uh, mm-hmm. what, Lori falling out the window, and then Michael looks, and she's not lying on the ground where she landed, and yeah. we get Lori uh, looking for Michael hiding in her house and checking in the closet, like how she hid in the closet, all I that stuff. I think it's cool that, like, because at the beginning of the movie, the podcasters are l- talking about the story and mm-hmm. the possibility that it bred two different monsters or whatever, Yeah, and kind of having that in mind while watching the rest of the movie and seeing those parallels of Lori kind of like watching her granddaughter across the street through the school window and all these other things and showing that like how like in a way she's become a monster as well in her paranoia. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I it like interesting. how that was shown in the parallels. It is interesting because outside of those parallels, um, the movie the way that it treats the way that Laurie treated Karen, um, even though Laurie is proven right in the end and that training did come in handy and everything, by characterizing Laurie as a parallel to Michael, I think. It's another one of those things where these movies want to have their cake and eat it too, where they want to have like these parallels but they and they want to have like Laurie being paranoid, but they also want her to be right. Yeah. Um. It's it's one of those things that kind of confuses the message a little for me, just like with the mental health thing, yeah. where it's like, okay, I see where you're going, but you can't also, they're just lampshading it at yeah. some point. It just it just turns into that. Um, but I I mean I, I at least they're trying I guess question mark, but it's still like well you know yeah I I mean this is all coming from someone who like Laurie in these movies is one of my favorite like slasher characters. She's in the good. original, she's, she's fine. Character. I like her, but holy crap, I love her as a batshit old lady. Mm-hmm. Like, I love mm-hmm. that they kind of like did the thing of 
not having a helpless like victim or whatever yeah. and just over the past 40 years she's become a certified badass yeah um, yes and then pitting that up against the slasher villain that's just like a fun thing it's cool it's just cool yeah. it is we don't see really enough cool. badass old lady protagonists in media just in general yeah. No, not that aren't treated as a joke. Yeah. Um, Lori, Lori is like, and you see a lot of that in like, uh, like I think a good example is my favorite superhero, uh, Wolverine. Um, a lot of his characterization is exactly the same as Laurie's, where oh, it's yeah. like, oh, this crazy old hermit who's actually super badass, but everyone thinks is crazy. You don't get that with female characters. You get it a lot with male characters. Yeah. Um, but to to see Lori, who also has the same thing of like she pushed her family away from her, she likes money and does not like, and she likes money and drinking and does not like uh talking to people. Like that's a lot of characterization that like I love seeing that kind of stuff in a in a woman character, and I think that it doesn't feel forced or anything. It feels like a natural progression of the character we saw in the first movie. Um, and I love her. If you love her so love much, Kim why don't you marry her? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. 1993 Tony Todd. Car Jamie present Lee day Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> 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 um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know who I don't love, though? Hmm. Uh, and and who I, I wish had grown on me? Uh, Karen. I just don't like her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's right. Just... She is correct, but I don't like her. <laughs> Was Karen the daughter? Mm -hmm. No, the mom. Karen's the mom. Karen's, oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Lori's daughter. Lori's yeah. daughter, mother I, of Allison. The one scene of her I liked was when she was pretending to be weak so yeah. Michael would come around the corner. Yes. That's a really good like, scene. like, just kidding, and then shot him. Her delivery like, of was so great. many of her lines through the rest of the movie is so awkward, though. Yeah. You know, I, like the one honestly, where they're standing by the side of the road and she's all, like, super flatly just like, I never told you how my childhood went. I was shooting mm -hmm. guns and stuff, and then social services took me away. She projected her paranoia onto me. Like, it's just uh, so and flat again. and so awkward. It's like, was this the first time you read the lines as you said them? Like, w did you not get a second take or something? Like, So here's, here's an issue I had with that uh, whole scene as well. And I feel like it highlights that this movie was... You know how some movies you watch them and you're like, oh, you're a person who's never lived near the country in your life. <laughs> you, you know how some movies feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. Her her gun monologue felt like that to me because as as someone who uh, lives near the country and uh, lived in the country for a hot minute there, um, country people teach their kids how to use guns at a really young age. Yeah, growing up knowing how to but, operate and, a gun is not a traumatic huge, event. Like <laughs> Huge asterisk. Lori was very in the wrong with how she was teaching her to use guns and the whole deal. Absolutely. It, even if she panned out to be like, quote unquote, right later, she was not correct. But a lot of people who have guns around the house, if you're a hunting family, your kids know how to use guns. And half the time, it's even just so that the kids don't use guns. So it's like, hey, you got to know how to use this so that you don't use it and hurt somebody. Yeah. You know, like it. I, I, I don't I don't I don't, you know. I'm not advocating for people to uh, go out and be shooting their guns. Sure. But also. But to a certain degree, it is that, not that the gun's specific fault. monologue. Like... <laughs> well, no, it's like that specific monologue. I'm just like, eh, this was written by someone who isn't around 
gun culture at all, which I think is fine. Oh, sure, you don't. But have also, to be. it's it's one of those things where this is what people laugh about when one of those West Coast liberals writes a movie. Yeah, they didn't even know to put the safety on, and you know, like I don't know it. <laughs> That that was all I could think of during that entire monologue. And then CPS came and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, CPS came for a slew of reasons. It feels weird to highlight, like, any one of them as the main yeah. problem. I don't know. That's just me, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking of it. Um, I have a dumb nitpicky complaint that's not about the dialogue Ooh. or anything. Okay, Why okay. is it that the cop cars in Haddonfield, Illinois, don't have red lights? They only have blue lights. That's not a cop car. That's a volunteer firefighter car. They can't pull anyone over. They can't do anything with just huh. blue lights. Hmm. Why the fuck do they only That's have blue lights on the cop cars? I assume. I haven't thought of that. I assume that it's a lighting thing because there's a couple of scenes where they use the 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 vehicle lights to do like Argento style like lighting play. You know, like mm. when Michael is standing over Sartain right before he stomps him, Sartain has the red of the brake lights on his face, but then Michael has the blue of the roof lights, and it makes yeah. a really neat contrast when you, uh, when you like alternate between mm. those shots. But like it, it, I, I know it doesn't matter, but it kind of messed the the immersion up for me. I guess I hadn't even thought of it, but yeah, no, I see it. I see it. Maybe Cowboy Cop made that choice when he was uh, appointed to office. I got complaints about Cowboy Cop as well. The way that he's really? just like, well, I mean, what are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? Ha ha ha. And he walks away chuckling to himself. But he's talking about <laughs> the man who just escaped from the prison bus, who is literally known exclusively for killing people on Halloween in Haddonfield, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, no, that, like, that's pretty great, isn't it? It kind of seems like you're begging for trouble here, sir. What are you laughing about? <laughs> like that's just the cops in this movie suck the cops in all horror movies suck cops in real life Um, actually (laughs) the cops in real life suck but horror movies have a specifically really hard time yeah with cops and this is no exception um I'm really, I really want to talk about like how Halloween Kills handles the cops because it's even worse. But uh, we'll we'll get to the that. The way Halloween Kills handles episode. most things is worse than they are in this one. <laughs> Let's be so, yeah, real. Yeah, that is true. Uh, except for one specific thing, which I won't talk about here. Um, yeah, no, I I think this this movie back to kind of more of a general sense. I yeah. think this movie uh, didn't honestly didn't feel like it was just setting up a sequel i think that it it genuinely felt like it could have stood on its own it was supposed to um, wasn't it originally this yeah no oh did they already no. have no, this they, was always... they, they had this planned had this planned as a i think a oh. trilogy before this one even came out yep oh because this one feels yeah. an awful lot better thought out than halloween kills does it kind of felt like this got put out and well, somebody was like oh so you're making another one right and they were like oh um sure here's halloween kills i churned it out in a couple of weeks i think that some of it was it was planned from the get-go yeah okay a lot of the stuff that happens in halloween kills specific specifically characters that we see more of and characters that we see die definitely Uh made in retrospect made this movie make a lot more sense as to why certain things didn't happen because there were things that i was expecting based on the language of movie storytelling 
to happen in this movie right. that didn't happen, but like were set up well enough that they could happen. You in, mean like how Hollywood. Cameron just disappeared from the entire yeah. like plot line? Yeah, yeah. Cameron yeah. just he just up never and comes back. Dipped. <laughs> And it's like in under normal circumstances, though it does work in this movie well enough that it's not like looming over the whole thing. Sure. Um, he would have died then at yeah. the at his departure. And his he departure was like, okay, so either you just really don't want to kill Cameron, or we're going to resolve more of this in the next movie. Especially when they mention that Cameron is Lonnie's kid. It's like, well, you can't just be sending him off to do his own thing for the rest of the movie. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> He's got to have more in him. And he does. Uh, he is one of my uh, favorite characters in these sequels, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anything else we want to go through Noah's notes? Emma, do you have anything? I don't have a lot to say about this movie. That's TV super fair. fair. No, that's super fair. I feel like that's its problem, right? It's It's a fun enough movie, but it's not like... It's nothing special. It's just it's just a, a kind of a bum around fun time. Yeah. 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 Um let's let's head on over to Noah's All notes. right. Let's do it. Jeff. Oh, he's got a guitar. Read those. What do they say? I'm really looking forward to hearing that on the podcast. It's probably really bad and I should try and come up with something better, but we, I've got we nothing to do. No, I think it's like, hard we couldn't all. hear it, so we're gonna have to wait till the till we can hear the actual recording. Um, okay, so the first thing I'm gonna read is actually a controversial controversial opinion from Noah. He says, "I love the updated theme. It sounds great." Um, known enemy of the podcast, who shall go heretofore unnamed, told me in one of his only opinions about this movie that he hated the updated theme. <laughs> was it was it Graham? No, it wasn't Graham. Graham's was someone in the, the server. Podcast. No, it's no one in the server. I didn't know if it was someone who shifted to being uh, from friend to enemy. No, this is a this is a this is a pure enemy of the podcast. Is this your old coworker? No, uh, I'm just gonna say it. Noah can cut this. It's fuck, fuck him, <laughs> fuck him. I personally should I know who that is? Um, no. He's the guy no. that um I I posted some stuff he had said in in the host chat uh. um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fuck him. He's wrong. Firstly, the the sound the the updated theme for this movie is really catchy. It's cool. It's nice hearing it done on better instruments. Fucking Carpenter was involved yeah. in it. The yeah, man who exactly. came up with it exactly. was like, I want to update it with better stuff, and he did yeah. it. And honestly, all the music in this movie is so good. It's so good. I that love weird, it. That weird, like that, like. Uh, I don't know, emergency siren sound that triggers mm -hmm. during the one song when yeah. Michael's out here like stepping on heads and stuff. And it's just like, oh, I love that. I love the soundtrack in this movie. Yeah, oh, I that forgot to mention the... that Sartain dies. It's not oh problem. yeah, Sartain gets his head stepped on. I can't it's, believe it's Nina forgot to mention that. It's my least favorite kill because I just hate it when people's heads get stepped on in movies because oh. they always make it look so much easier than it actually is. Well, that's... I don't think Michael made it look easy. He he had I mean, some follow through on his big stomping Yeah, boots. we saw the way he leg pressed his way out of that cop car. Clearly, he's got an awful yeah. lot of power there. I mean, yeah, but it looked like uh, it, it looked like just stepping on a water balloon full of ground meat. True. Which is what it was. <laughs> That makes sense. There was a bunch of ground meat in there, which I think 50% worked. Noah, yeah. I, I have a criticism for your notes. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. You have to stop using the phrase, I love the commitment. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have, I love the commitment to the ugliest sin orange text that burns out red. Very nice. Uh, I love the updated theme. That's fine. 
the commitment to the old fonts makes me happy. These are all valid things to say. They They're literally it's all about. Yeah, but it's about something that they're doing. No, yeah, it no, seems absolutely. like you could be and saying, I loved the creative Correct. decision to do oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Or... Let me write seven words down when two words will do. <laughs> That's literally one extra word from the phrase that you used. I'm typing oh, fast. Uh, Noah, okay. I didn't even know this was going to be in your notes. One of Noah's notes is penis, but never mind. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Penis butter, penis butter. Come on. Why didn't you say it? I hate it. Um, what else have we got? There's a lot of me being There's angry at the There's a lot of Noah griping about the podcasters. Yeah, uh, where the hell did he get a quarter stick of dynamite at Dude, Dave? Yeah. Where is Dave getting... What, who like, that's not, that's not like an M80. That's a quarter stick of dynamite. I, I, mean, I think it was, it was a Roman huge. candle. It's, was it not a Roman candle? No, it blew up a pumpkin. Oh, my God. I Roman mean, candles are sticks. It's Illinois. It's the Midwest. Nobody cares about anything out there. That's true. I guess. People just his dad probably dynamite. bought it for him. When he got his peyote? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lonnie's dad, he sells me peyote and quarter sticks of dynamite. I mean, next time you're buying peyote, you should ask your peyote guy for some dynamite. He probably has it. Hello, probably. peyote man. Can I get this too? Yeah, sure, I guess. Peyote um, guys always no. have quarter sticks of dynamite on them. They're just ready for it. Why well, wouldn't they? It's, it's part normal. of the business. <laughs> I mean, think about Noah and I have been watching Lost recently. Think about who had the hallucinatory drugs and the dynamite. Ted Cruz. Ted yeah. Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz was my favorite character on Lost. Rather, but... yes. <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz on Lost would have been the first fucker to die. <laughs> he would have. He would not have. Maybe he, he would was. not have survived. Maybe he was, and he just died in the plane died crash. Died off screen. That's so isn't, funny. <laughs> isn't the whole point of that show that they're all dead already? No. No. It, that's a common read, and that is, I understand, an incorrect read. And I'm really looking forward to finishing the show to see why I got that idea so clearly when I watched it the first time. I remember you said I was dumb for not thinking that. It. Yeah, I did, because it was so clearly outlined, I thought. A lot of people who have watched it more recently, as we are doing, have come to the conclusion that there's some, like, the way that they edited some of the last moments of the show misconstrued what the ending was, mm. and the people who wrote and directed have said that that was not their intention. It's also just a bad week-to-week -week show, because it, it's so much hard happens. to remember. Binging has been, it's even on. hard to keep track of as we've been binging it. Yeah. That's anyway, off topic. Back to the notes. Um, Noah's note here says, fuck you, mom, and you're, I really hate to tell you, say I told you so. Bullshit. <laughs> if anyone deserves to say I told you so by the end, it's Lori. Does she? I don't think she does. She kind of does, but she doesn't have, hey, mom, did you invite grandma to this dinner for this important event that I care a lot about? Oh, yeah. I talked to her today. She said she was so busy. And then Lori shows up clearly having a bad time and then has a bad time. And mom's just like, I told you she would be unstable. This is why I hate her. And I don't, it just, it rubbed me the wrong it, way. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, there's it's like dysfunctional families are always a mess. Yeah. Right. Um, so I actually have a comment on this one here that Noah said. He said, I like that Michael didn't kill his inmates. Here's a question. Um, I or here's a theory that I have that I don't think is true, but because of a specific other thing that happens, Michael doesn't kill his inmates and he doesn't kill a baby. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that he kills dogs and eats them, question mark, he does eat them. Um, it I would say that if that Michael doesn't kill people that he doesn't see as human, 
because oh. that is the vibe that that would give off if, with him not killing his inmates and not killing a baby. Is that they're just not sentient? Quote. This is me saying this. I know this sounds bad because they're mental patients. I I know. I'm sorry. But this is me construing what I think Michael thinks. Is that they're just they're not the type of thing that he likes to kill because they aren't going to feel the fear that he wants them to feel. I don't think it's even about feeling fear so much as um again we're gonna have to have Edge on to talk about Michael at some point. Mm-hmm. But she was saying that her read of him is more like uh and she can she can let us know if i'm misquoting her here uh she was saying her read of him is more that he's trying to have fun because he internally like mentally is still more or less a child because he's been living in halloween when he was six years old for his entire life because he hasn't been allowed to move past it so for him killing is a game and if killing something or someone isn't going to be fun, he doesn't want to do it. Ah, so then there, the dog thing makes sense within that context. So I can I can yeah. get behind that. And more. it could be uh, um, almost along the same lines as what you were saying with the inmates, but just that like they wouldn't be fun enough to kill, mm-hmm. so he doesn't do it. Yeah, it's a possibility. There's there's I I think there's a lot of interesting implications with him not killing a baby and not killing the inmates, where it's yeah. just like okay, still so you clearly have a line. Why? Yeah. Um, like and I don't know if they'll ever actually for, answer it. For who he wants to kill versus who he doesn't want to kill. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that helps explain another note that I have here, which is uh, how I feel like a lot of times Michael doesn't make no sense. Like, why does he bother to hide instead of just act? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of times when he does things that mindless walking, killing Michael does not apply to him hiding in a closet yeah. for so long. Or or posing his kills, which he did in the first movie, um, and yeah. and he does in this. Some people like to say that Michael doesn't do that stuff. He does. He, he does. did it in the first movie. He went out of his way. That's why we get all those scenes of bodies just coming out of places yeah. because he, he doesn't just leave them. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Point being, uh, yeah, the, Michael's Michael's characterization is very interesting to me. Um, why did Dave just like get the date tattooed? That is a great question. <laughs> Dave's just like, I'm going to get laid tonight and I want to commemorate that with a tattoo of Halloween 2018. It seems like if you're, okay. if you're going to do that, you should commit more to like a Halloween themed tattoo. Instead of just like the stick and poke date that he got. Yeah. It was such a bad tattoo. Bad. Yeah, it was. He's like 18. Give him a point. Oh, here's, Every, here's the thing, Everybody though. who's 18 gets bad tattoos. I didn't. Not me. I didn't get a bad tattoo until I was 24. Well, I waited until I was if 19. You had gotten, if you had gotten a tattoo at 18, it would be a bad tattoo. If I'd gotten a tattoo That's at 18, likely. it probably would have been the same one that I got at 19. Let's be real. All right, do you like that tattoo? I love it, actually. It's these tattoo. angry eyes on my chest here. That's terrifying. I, I like them a lot. <laughs> People, other people tend to have pretty Let mixed the record feelings show, about him. Jeff just flashed the camera. He's just like, look at the eyes on yeah, my I'm chest. My like, eyes are down here out. and up here. <laughs> can you? Can you, so this is taking things a bit of a different direction. Say you were assigned female at birth, and you got that tattoo, and you're breastfeeding. I just got angry eyes on my your baby. <laughs> has to look at angry eyes as it's eating its breakfast. Like trick question though, I wouldn't have a kid. So 
Oh, your answer. <laughs> Damn, Emma, I can't believe we just there. dunked on you like that. What if uh, you were, um, what if you were playing into a partner's sexual kink <laughs> where they like to be babied? <laughs> <laughs> Emma, please. <laughs> Emma, you got a lot of specific opinions oh. for that, considering that tweet you made yesterday. I'm going to say... I'm going to go out on a limb and say I would probably end up getting like a not quite matching, but uh, another set of angry eyes on the other boob. So the experience <laughs> is the same on both sides, you know? Interesting. Don't you want to give them the opportunity to mix it up? Should they choose? There's, I would uh, only, I would there's laughing eyes. You're right. You're right. Eyes. No, I would have the angry eyes on the one side and I would have like a cluster of eldritch abomination eyes on the other one. That feels worse but i'm not gonna elaborate like more on this because i want to keep wrapping around I art clients i have like <laughs> actual art clients that listen to this podcast who have mentioned it to me in conversation i am you guys are ruining me anyway let's move on um uh, if any of nina's <laughs> art clients I, are I hearing art clients. my ideas for good boob tattoos with the tentacle underneath and whatnot um you, you can go ahead and do that you don't need my permission Thanks, Jeff. Nina will draw. I know everybody wants that tattoo. I have done tattoo designs, but I don't know that I would be comfortable you, with doing that. And you Not would absolutely do that tattoo design, right? 100%. No. <laughs> no. Not even for $300. What am I, Laurie Strode at the beginning of this movie? What if, um, I, I what if, what if we made the, that particular tattoo into, hear me out, an NFT? And then, yeah. anyway, so one note that I love here tattoo. that actually made me think of <laughs> one one note that I that was different to me watching it this time than it was. Okay, so actually, for context, before I hadn't seen this movie before this year. Um, when we went to see Halloween Kills, I watched Halloween 2018 first. So I've watched this movie twice within the span of a month, which is more than I would have liked, but I felt like I needed to re up on it anyway. Um, knowing that Sartain is a bad guy this time made all of his really annoying claims to, or like, what's the word I'm looking for? Claims to professionalism at the mm. beginning. I'm a doctor, go inside, lock your doors, yeah. be safe, whatever. Shut up, asshole. You, fuck off. Yeah. I hate you. It does make it make more sense, Did though, because know? now he needs to make sure that everyone stays away from his uh, experiment. Sure. Yeah, but well, it's but still, then also, I like, just hate him. When he meets Lori and he's like, I've read everything about you and Michael that there is to read. I've read everything. Like, it comes across so much That's creepier, terrifying. right? And also, like, how much could there possibly creepy. have been to read about the two of them? Like, they encountered yeah, each other once. They had no relationship beforehand and none afterward. <laughs> he must <laughs> have watched forms. all the movies, right? Like, <laughs> he reads fanfic. That explains it because he acts like someone who's read a lot of Michael X. Lori fanfic. <laughs> He really does. He really anyway. does. Anyway, Emma? 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 Um, did you guys realize that if you look closely at... What was the doctor's Sartain. name again? Sorry. Sartain. Sartain. If you look at his name really closely and you rearrange some of the letters, Ugh. it actually spells out, I am Lord Voldemort. Oh my god. <laughs> You're wow. saying... That's really... Yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, actually, one. though, it can yeah. spell I R Satan. So <laughs> fuck dude, you're right. Um <laughs> I love Noah's note here that says Sartain really killed one guy and went sicko mode on being an evil villain. Yeah, yeah. He did. 
Um, I mean, that's enough people to be a bad guy, but like he's chuckling to himself wearing the Michael mask. He's just like, oh, look at me. I'm such a bad man now. <laughs> you can tell he was just waiting to get a chance to become evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, like he was, he was just waiting like for the right opportunity to come along. Uh. We have my last note that I'll read, which is Noah's last note, is that Michael looks so hurt and offended at being trapped in the basement. One great thing about both Michael <laughs> and Jason is because they're like their masks are so blank. It's so easy to like just project emotion onto them in a way that's extremely funny. He's just standing there looking up at her like an angry toddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just well, like, this isn't oh. any fun. <laughs> That wasn't very nice of you. I'm just trying yeah. to play a game. You lock me in your basement and cause a gas leak. Not very nice. Jail for Lori. Jail for Lori why for 1,000 years. Why didn't, he, why didn't he even try to break out through those swords? I think he was, firstly, I think what I read is that he was actually surprised that mm-hmm. they got one over on him for real. Um, Like, Definitely read that part. And then secondly, I, d- I wonder if he like was still like he was like deciding what to do next because he had just been stabbed a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like shot in the head. And, and shot in the head. And- I, I think he was not like not going to try, but he had just been through a bit and needed mm-hmm. a moment to process. Um. He's he isn't like immortal in the instantaneous sense because he takes a hot second to get over being run over by a car. Um, so yeah. I d- he does need like a a little bit to recover. Um, yeah, uh, I like how. But it did. It, yeah, I do understand what you mean though. I think it also would have been less Michael like to have him like clawing at them through the bars rather than just standing there and staring. It yeah, he, felt more in character. He has to look a little more stoic than that, I guess. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I guess he do be looking stoic. I like each time he took a hit, he like really reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rather than like in a lot of movies or something, when you have some kind of Michael Myers esque figure, you shoot them and they just keep walking towards you and the bullet didn't even do anything to them or yeah. like they didn't react in any way. But when Michael gets shot, he like gets shot. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. and he gets over it, but like. He does yeah. get but shot. But again, it's not just like an instantaneous thing, which is something that like, I'll save that till after we're done with the podcast. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, it's just some Halloween kill stuff that I don't oh, wanna, yeah. I do want to discuss in detail, but don't want to spoil. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's Noah's notes. Uh, are we ready to wrap up? I actually don't know what we're talking about next time. Oh, fuck. Whose turn is it? I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's technically mine. I think it's. No. I think it's Emma. It was. It was it's supposed to the be the community pick, pick next. Oh fuck! Oh, we shit. never got around to that. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. Yeah. Surprise community pick coming up next time. We don't know what it is yet, but you'll find out. Yep. Vote in the Discord <laughs> we'll, we'll server. We'll tweet about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoops. Vote on Twitter. Uh, and at just casual... like last time, it'll be a four-way tie. <laughs> Yeah, please don't do that again. Uh, but you can try. <laughs> yeah, better. To, Come on. Yeah, try your best on uh, our Twitter. We'll post a poll there too uh, at Casual Horror Pod. Um, yeah. Also, Emma tweets very funny shit from that account. True. Sometimes. Where I else can like we it. find you, Emma? You can also find me at Emma Panada on Twitch and Twitter. 
Uh, on Twitch, I run TTRPG campaigns. And on Twitter, I tell jokes about being ace sometimes. <laughs> it was a very good joke. Like yesterday. Let me let me read it for the audience. Because it's such a good joke. Um, I'm really funny. So I was laying in bed last night. And I thought of this. And I had to tweet it. So I said... The saddest part about being ace is that I'll never get to learn what you find out when you fuck around. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, woo! It's a good, good joke. Ten out of ten. Um, yeah, thank you, Emma. Uh, Jeff? Uh, you can find me in the, the places at the Hammer of Jeff or at Bubba Wubba Dab. Thank you. Uh, you can find me as uh, Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D, on Twitch, Twitter, and Insta. I'd be doing stuff. He do. Whoa. And Jeff, what about you? I just did mine. <laughs> oh, Noah, what about you? I just did mine. <laughs> Emma, what about you? Oh, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at <laughs> Emma Panada, um, where I, on Twitch, I do, I run TTRPG games, and on Twitter, I make funny jokes about being asexual. Oh really? Like what? Oh, so so like last night. Fucking <laughs> damn it! Um, you guys are doing. I know why you're just, doing this. Let me, me just read this to you guys because it's really funny. Um, <laughs> the saddest part about being ace is that I'll never get to learn what you find out when you fuck around. That's very good, Emma. It's a really good joke. It's yeah. a really good fucking joke. Um, anyway, um, but thanks everybody so much. For <laughs> <laughs> are so mean to me Jeff, nina where can we find you <laughs> you can find me at nina wolverina on twitter and on instagram uh you can find me at house usher rises on twitter as well where i nina wrote a horror. book i wrote a book uh i was gonna talk <laughs> about some other stuff first but i did i did write a book who it's cares coming about out following on you on 20th. twitter you wrote a book <laughs> I, that's where you can find it as in my pinned tweet if you want to pre-order a signed copy or if you want to pre-order a little sticker that I'll sign if you're not in the US and you I don't want to pay for shipping outside of the US so you guys get a different option um, yeah and you can find me on Emma's Twitch channel playing a couple different games one is actually horror centric we are starting a Ravenloft game soon and I'm very very excited about that so uh, you should totally check that out that'll be Sunday nights sometimes we don't have like a super set schedule I don't think every other Sunday night Sunday uh, we night have six players so basically we're gonna be running um, no matter what every other Sunday unless um, more than three people can't play cool. or if i can't play for some reason okay cool i'm excited yeah yeah but and we'll thanks we'll, everybody yeah for listening <laughs> uh we hope you have a great rest of your weeks uh and we'll see you next time i gotta get the timing right because i fucked it up the last couple episodes <laughs> <laughs>